There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hello, this is Chris Cooper and a big welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. And it's it's wonderful to be back with you again for yet another week with another fantastic guest. Uh, we've got a great topic today. We're going to talk about franchising um, your franchise for your freedom, um, which is going to be great. Because I don't think we've really in nearly 500 episodes talked about franchising before. So uh, this is going to be great. We've got uh, David Weaver. Uh, from uh, Colorado and uh, loads and loads and loads of experience to uh, to share with us today. Um, on last week's show, we had Dov Barron. Uh, Dov's um, a, a good friend of mine now. He lives over in Vancouver and talked about the emotional source code and talked about really, you know, the, the lenses and uh, that we, we we view the world and why it's so important, how it impacts everything. And I think one of the things that really stuck out in my mind from that interview that I hadn't really thought about is, you know, what sits right deeply in the source code of um, most um, Americans and uh, and the word freedom comes out, which is just so important. Freedom is, uh, as we're talking about today, franchise freedom is just right at the heart of the identity of uh, of the American population and uh and that works really really well um in general but that freedom can also have consequences so and uh, listen to that interview if you want to hear hear about those consequences and uh what was a bit scary was dov asked me what was the sat at the core of the identity of the british and um and what he what he shared with me made complete sense but actually was quite shocking which is superiority um so americans have freedom and and the british certainly in the south of England, and um, this is this rank around superiority, which probably goes back many, many, many generations uh, when the Brits you would uh, would plunder territories around the globe, which is uh, pretty horrendous. And then we look at Russia, probably control, and you see how those identities uh, clash. So it was really, really interesting that last week and, and contemplating that and thinking about it and realising myself in, in the UK, um, one thing I really have always pushed against and been frustrated is with um people uh, who who aren't humble and uh, and feel superior in in, in organizations and in politics etc and it gets in the way of uh, of listening and truly uh, moving things well forward so we're going to talk about freedom today and we're going to talk about it in the consequence in the relation to franchising so i wondered have you ever considered you know, franchising your business or buying into a franchise and if you have, you know, how do you start? How do you do this really effectively? And my guest today, David Weaver, got his first taste of business, business ownership by watching both his parents who built and operated successful businesses. And his career allowed him to develop unique skills and expertise in sales, project management, operations and finance. And one of his most valuable career stops spanned over six years, and they included analyzing and underwriting franchise systems to establish the right fit between the franchisor, the franchisee, and, and the finance company involved. 
Um, today, he owns uh, with his with his uh, wife and partner um, seven different businesses. In addition to managing his current franchise, uh, franchise sorry, consulting practice, which he calls Franchisey Freedom. As I mentioned, he's invested in franchises and real estate assets with uh, with his wife. I think Anne Marie thinks you're uh, David's uh, wife. Um, so let's today let's explore this um, fascinating world of franchising and consider how could it bring you freedom, and what might be the top tips to doing it well. Um, so I'm delighted to welcome David. David is lives in Colorado and he loves skiing and hiking and fishing and biking and and the outdoor world. So David, a big welcome. Thanks for having me, Chris. You're very welcome indeed. So you've got, you've got to tell us, what's it like living in Colorado? Because it sounds like a, a pretty cool place to be. <laughs> uh, living in Colorado is pretty great. I, uh, I I grew up in the Midwest, which is really flat, lots of cornfields, um, you know, agricultural part of the United States. Uh, Colorado is the opposite of that lots of mountains and just absolutely beautiful um i love being outside always have as a kid and so um i i raised my kids in the mountains of colorado because that's where i wanted to be all, all that wilderness and wildlife and yeah mountains and clean air i imagine yes yeah and if you get away from the cities uh yeah it's like like anywhere else if you get away from the cities it's nice and um pristine so i like getting lost in the mountains is what i call it nice and, and did you did you I mean, did you live there during lockdown and what during the pandemic or um what was what was life like for you during that time and, and what did you learn um what did i learn during the pandemic so yes i lived in denver we now live up in the mountains of colorado outside of aspen uh colorado now um what did I learn during the pandemic? Um, you know, and in business and life, I would say business owners are always planning and, you know, projecting into the future. How do I grow my business 20% this year? When do I hire a general manager to take over? Those kinds of things. So we just naturally are in this planning and executing mindset. Um, what I learned during the pandemic is um, we plan and God laughs, right? So uh, the big plan was as our kids were kind of going through middle school and high school that we would sell the house in uh, the big house that the kids grew up in, in Littleton, Colorado, which is a suburb of Denver, um, and, you know, have a mountain house um, up in the mountains. And so that was the big plan. So in 2019, we sold the big house and we bought this smaller townhome. So that we could have a townhouse in Denver in the city, you know, so that we can still, the idea was we were going to operate businesses in the city, but actually live up in the mountains. Um, and then the pandemic hit. So we have five people in the family and three dogs, mm -hmm. and we shrunk our footprint more than half. Um, <laughs> and then everybody had to work and live and go to school in this half-size home. So, um <laughs> learned a lot kids weren't super happy with that decision and um and yet what I, what I actually learned is you know what um life isn't always easy right and so and the kids learned that going to school online wasn't easy and and we had to compromise and things like that so 
Um, sometimes the tough things in life are where all the gold is found. You know what I mean? Yeah. In in personal life, but also in business. And so there were, you know, if you listen to the media, especially in the United States, I'm sure it was the same in Europe. Life was terrible through the pandemic and everybody, every business was losing money. That's not true. That's A lot true. of businesses thrived yeah. during the pandemic. They they pivoted, they changed, they got rid of bad employees. They, they grabbed new employees that were fantastic. So, um, you know... The sometimes the crucible is where is where the gold is made, right? So when it's hot and hurt and and uncomfortable, um, so I would say that's what we all got to learn uh, through the pandemic, and and frankly, that's where the strong survive, right? So the people that that had a bad time during COVID and couldn't cope, um, you know, the ones that did uh, came out of it great. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think you're right. A lot lot of helpful learning. It wasn't um, it wasn't all bad, and you're right. So many companies did really well out of it. Not everyone, but many. Uh, we're using Zoom at the moment. It's a good example. Yeah. <laughs> so, tell us a little bit about your life growing up in the mid Midwest, then, with with parents who were very busy with with uh, family businesses, and um, any setbacks along the way that maybe you learned from too. Um, I could. Let's keep it simple. Um, what I learned to love about my upbringing is, uh, so I grew up in Indiana. Indiana is not very cool at the end of the day, like compared to Colorado. Um, all I wanted to do is move out to Colorado. I love skiing. My dad was a big skier back in the day. Um, and so we got to come out to Colorado a lot. Um, but all I wanted to do is move out of the small town. It's like every, you know, Midwest or, you know, any, any eighties rock or country song basically has that story in it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I love about the Midwest and my personal upbringing is the folks in Indiana know how to work hard. Um, and then you, you move out into other cities, Chicago, um, you know, Denver, et cetera. And you see, there's a significant difference in in the expectation of people from the Midwest versus, you know, other places. Uh, so I learned to appreciate that um, work ethic, et cetera. Um, you know, and having parents that uh, own businesses, there was a different expectation of me than than my peers in grade school and high school, et cetera. So my mom owned an interior design company, basically sold office furniture, created office spaces. If you go back to the early 80s, uh, late 70s, early 80s, the cubicle um, was kind of a new idea. Steel case, Herman Miller, chairs, all of that kind of stuff. Um, I put together more cubicle settings than any high school kid can can imagine. And that was just what we were going to do on the weekends or after school or whatever, right? So um, the pace of activity of an entrepreneur's kid is high. Um, and then on the other hand, my father owned extended family. So my great grandfather started this, but we had a foundry. We made car parts for Ford, General Motors, and Chrysler. Um, and as a kid, if you got in trouble, you went and worked in the foundry um, because my dad's philosophy was um, you don't get to sit on a pedestal. My my older sister um, <laughs> gets credit for this. He used to call her the princess because she thought she was pretty important. And so he took her to the foundry and made her grind castings. 
Um, and then, and then I got in trouble after that. She was my older sister. Uh, and, and I had to, you know, clean the foundry furnace, which is really not a fun job. Um, and, and so, you know, you wanted to see both sides of things and, and, and I got to see a lot of, a lot of hard work, which builds character, which, um, sets expectations for how do you have nice things and, and things like that. So, um, great foundation in the midwest i love it yeah amazing i remember my work, working in steelworks in um in scunthorpe in the north of england as a as a student and uh i'm, I'm cleaning out the blast furnace there it'd been off uh off for a few days but uh we, we had about 10 minutes at a time time running in there with wooden clogs and jackhammers and ladders and uh and yeah i kind of really realized what hard work was about then <laughs> Because you actually know what I'm talking about then. Because yeah, I mean, yeah. using those air tools to jackhammer out that um the you know the furnace wall, yeah, because yeah. it breaks down, it needs to be replaced every I don't know, so it depends on how much you use the furnace, but like every six months in the in the founder that we had. Um, wow, is that hard work and yeah. super tight um quarters, right? It, it was yeah. just no thank you. Um no. So the message was, if you want to behave like this outside of work, this is the kind of work that you're going to get to do. Mm. Or you can kind of get it together, go to university, learn something and do do whatever you want to do. Right. Um, so good luck. Good lesson. So, so where, where does where does franchising? When did that come in then into your into your life? Uh, and also, what is it? Uh, when did franchising come into my life? 2000. So I did the corporate America thing, kind of realized that, um, you know, corporate politics and all that just wasn't a good fit for me. Climbing the ladder wasn't something that, um, I decided I wanted to aspire to. Um, and so, um, how did that work? Did a couple of corporate America stints. My father exited the big court, the big foundry that I grew up in. That was the extended family business. Basically, General Motors forced a merger between our family business and our largest competitor because we had the same tooling. So we got out of that big business. My father, mid fifties, purchased a small jobbing foundry, um, and he needed my help to turn that around. And that was that was in I think he bought it in ninety nine. The towers came down in 2001, the auto business completely, the entire economy back in 2000 uh, got turned upside down. Um, so that was my real life MBA. Um, didn't I decided after four or five years, I didn't want to be in the family business and I wanted to raise my kids in Colorado. That's how I got into franchising. There was a small um, independent lending company that wanted they purchased a portfolio of leases from quiznos quiznos is based in denver um they like the idea of the franchise space you've got a relationship with the franchisor you have all these franchisees to finance things for they couldn't figure out how to penetrate the franchise space so here i come from the manufacturing uh, background and i worked for general electric in the past so i'd done a couple of different things and I kind of looked at myself and I said, look, how hard can it be to sell money to small businesses? Like, the, I, I can figure that out, right? And and I don't know anything about franchising, but I'll figure that out too. So um, he hired me to to penetrate the franchise space and, and I did really well at it and took a completely different approach than, than the traditional, 
you know, business development folks in the in the lending space. And uh, it was a ton of fun. I turned I learned a ton. Um, so that's that's how I got into franchising. I spent about seven years with that lender um, setting up finance programs for franchisees by building relationships at the franchisor level so that we could really understand the financial single unit economics of the business itself and the relationship with the franchisor helped us uh, lend money to startup companies without the government-backed guarantee of the SBA, um, which was really pretty critical. That allowed us to do different things um, and, and actually be more nimble, move faster, um, and so that's where I learned a lot about franchising. And, and, and just before the break, we just got a, probably about 90 seconds left, but how would you define franchising? How would I define franchising? Franchising is a, um, a system of, it's a methodology of doing business, right? Um, it's everything from soup to nuts. It is, what is your customer acquisition strategy, um, operational excellence, what is your operational manual or plan? Um, standardized financials, so you can make database decisions that are that are based on a hundred different franchise locations, not just the one that you're running. Um, personal coaching and building business support, as well as structural support. So, what is franchising? Franchising is a business model that you're buying into so that you can focus on the things that are actually important in your location. Um, and in my opinion, that is finding and attracting great customers that want to come back over and over again and finding and attracting excellent employees that will run your business for you. Yeah. So if you can do those two things, all the other stuff, the franchisor sort of sets up for you and, and gives you a playbook uh, so that you can focus on what's important. So, so I'm just thinking. I'm thinking. Um, um, one of my one of my guests been on the show a couple of times is uh, Ivan Meisner, who founded BNI, uh, and you know, for him, he he uh, he he had three networking groups, and he decided to write a 500 page manual on how he did it and why it worked so well, and then he he chose to then franchise that out. Um, that that would be so you could actually be a business owner, couldn't you? And uh, and potentially create franchises like mcdonald's or burger king or um alternatively i guess you can be somebody who buys into that franchise so do, do you do you represent both parties at different times those who might want to extend their business into a franchise or those who may want to seek and find the ideal one to buy into uh great question so i get that question quite a bit and i have that conversation with many folks just uh two days ago I had a conversation with this woman in California. I figured out the uh, the Akashi Bowl smoothie business better than anybody else. Um, I want to franchise it, and I so my advice is that's not the business I'm in. My the business I'm in is helping um, a candidate that wants to start a business for the first time. How do I find the right franchise, and why would I invest in this franchise versus that franchise? So that's the business that I do in my consulting role. Um, my advice for people that have a wonderful business that they want to franchise is, do you recognize, first question I ask, why do you want to franchise? If it's just to leverage other people's money, that's a terrible reason to franchise, in my opinion. 
Um, do the second question is, do you realize that you're creating an entirely separate business that has nothing to do with smoothie smoothies or pizza or cutting hair or fitness or whatever your business is? You're creating a completely separate business, which means you need to have a lot of cash and a lot. It's a it's a startup, right? And it's expensive to franchise. And do you also realize that it takes about 10 years to get a business to any kind of critical mass? And what is, what is your exit strategy for that, right? So my role as a franchise consultant is to have that conversation with a corporate executive person that wants to start a business. What's your entrance plan, budget, et cetera? What's your expectation for your role in the business, but what's your exit, right? Yeah. So I have that same conversation yeah. with somebody that wants to build a franchise. Why do you want to build a franchise and what is your end goal for doing that? Because sometimes you can make more money just opening 10 locations and owning all 10 and then selling those off and going off into the sunset. Yeah. Um, franchising is a tricky business. Yeah, because I guess the risk, I guess right now, but there's the risk if you franchise out your business, you need to do it in such a way that uh, if it was, if, if it was um, haircutting or it was, um, you know, a, type, a, a particular brand of smooth a range of smoothies that you sold you need to ensure that it's replicated well throughout that franchise otherwise it impacts the whole franchise isn't the brand um okay. yeah just, there's a lot of moving parts to yeah. the franchising that people just don't understand and there's a big legal component especially in the united states i think the u.s is a very litigious society and we we like our attorneys um i'm not a big fan myself and so you got to do things to not need attorneys in your life because yeah. they, they're just a distraction. Yeah. Well, we're going to go to commercial break. And after the commercial break, we'll find out we'll find out more about how do you, you know, how do you um, select a franchise? Uh, how do you go about this? Because uh, a lot of people wouldn't even know where to start. So Fantastic. Um, I'm probably one of them. So um, we'll be back uh, after the break and we'll be talking with, uh, with David Weaver again about franchise freedom. Do join us in just a couple of minutes. business you'll find the experts here voice america business network would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential chris cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the achiever program one-to-one -one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. 
Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned into the business elevation show with your host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk that's chris at chriscooper.co.uk now back to chris cooper hi this is chris cooper i'm with david weaver we're talking about uh, franchise your freedom and david i'm i'm interested so let's assume i just come out of uh, the corporate world and I've got, uh, I've had a nice, um, big, either redundancy or uh, a nice big um, um, sort of uh, the golden handshake or something like that, um, or amass some uh, some wealth. How would I? Uh, what, what would be the benefits of me utilizing that to go into um, to buy into a franchise or franchises versus, say, putting it in the stock market or into into precious metals or something else <laughs> um i first of all i'm not a financial advisor so if you want to buy chunks of gold then you know go ahead right but the reason that people that um I, what i've learned over time is the reason that people are looking for business ownership and or franchising as sort of a career pivot right you've got the golden handshake uh, what am I going to do next is is kind of the conversation that I get to have with folks. Um, and what they're looking for is some sort of freedom, hence franchise your freedom. My entire mm. process is about you, the candidate, not about me or the franchisor or the brand or any of that. That's not nearly as important is as what is it that you're trying to accomplish, right? So what do you want this business to do for you? And my philosophy and my whole consulting practice is just an extension of my own investment philosophy. So like you said, my wife and I invest in franchise companies. We invest in real estate. Uh, and I also do the franchise consulting. And so what I try to do is help people identify an investment strategy so that they end up with a franchise that actually gives them what they're looking for. And, and Franchise Your Freedom is the, the name of my brand because what I learned is that, and, and this goes back to your opening segment, right? What Americans are looking for is freedom and control in some format, right? And so that's where I came up with the name. Uh, I've been a franchise consultant for over 12 years. I've been in the franchise space since 2005, um, and that's what people want. And it shows up in different ways. I want control over my financial freedom. I want can I want control over my personal time, right? If I'm going to do something, if I'm going to get out of corporate America, um, I want to make sure that I can build my life around my income, not my income first, or you know, to make the company first and that kind of thing. Um, and so because of that, there's lots of different avenues to get into. Um, and, and many people don't even realize, but in the U.S., there's 4,000 franchise brands to invest to, to that are for sale, right? Um, I have relationships with over 200 different concepts. So fairly selective, right? Um, 
I want to make sure that I'm representing brands that I understand and I can get behind and I trust the leadership team, right? Mm-hmm. So kind of to your point, how do you find a good one or or what is the process? Um, n- not all franchises out there are great. Some are fabulous and deliver lots and lots of value to their franchisees and some don't. <laughs> But how would you know the difference if you're talking to a really good salesperson, right? Yeah. Uh, so my role is to bring a bit of reality to, to the process of don't fall in love with the concept too easily, right? And and also don't be too skeptical about what the, what the opportunity can bring. Um, let's have some fundamentals that we focus on to balance out this, this absolutely emotional decision. Right, mm-hmm. people buy emotionally, and they buy businesses emotionally. Um, I want to make sure that they're making a balanced decision and asking all the right questions. Excellent. And and what sort of models are there for for buying into a franchise? I mean, I'm kind of imagining you could buy the whole thing outright, and you could you could actively play a role in it, or you could uh, maybe buy a buy a share of share of one, and someone else runs it. And I, I don't know what 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 are the options. Oh my goodness, that's a that's a pretty big question. So let's keep it pretty simple. In um, just to kind of keep it in buckets, you can have a brick and mortar style franchise that looks like a McDonald's, a Chick Fil A, um, oil change. You know, it's a building, right? Or a inline strip center um, that looks like haircuts and fitness and food and things like that, right? So you're gonna have a fixed retail location of some kind. Or you can have a service-based business. And a lot of people think of franchising as food and fitness or whatever they see in the the grocery store strip center, right? But what they don't realize is there's a very large segment of the franchise space that is a service-based business. And we can have service-based businesses where basically you go to the customer and your location is not as important, right? The investment's much lower. The go-to-market strategy is different. Um, the scalability of those businesses is much faster. Um, and so uh, the brand recognition is not as prevalent because people don't see those all the time. But that looks like, think of any aspect of your home, roofing, gutters, windows, siding, painting, flooring, window blinds, um, the, you know, kitchen remodeling, bathroom remodeling. There's a franchise for everything I just said. Yeah. Like, very specific categories, garage floors, the the garage, fancy garages is kind of a big thing at coming out of pandemic. Um, people invested a ton of in their homes in, in the United States. So um, those business models, I kind of went very general and then broke down into specifics, but that is actually my, the the philosophy that I share with folks is Look at the franchise space like an investor, which is to focus on the business model and the business model characteristics that you want to invest in rather than chasing the widget. It's ice cream, it's pizza, it's garage, yeah. of course, it's painting houses. Um, focus on the business model characteristics. Focus on your role as the owner. What do you want to be doing with the business? Are you the owner operator or are you in the investor executive, right? Yeah. Um, and those that will take you to different franchise systems because what people don't realize is the franchisor is looking for a 
certain kind of owner that's a good fit for them. And so if you're chasing the widget, whatever you're selling, or if you're chasing the brand recognition, I get that all the time, right? I love Subway because there's one on every corner or Starbucks or Chick-fil-A or what. I mean, buying a business because of brand recognition, I think is one of the biggest mistakes that you can do, right? You want to buy, you want to buy a business that makes money, not that has yeah. good marketing. And marketing yeah. is really expensive. Yeah. So you can market yourself out of business and people don't even understand that. Right. And so, um, and then there are the whole idea of location is really important, just like real estate. Right. So if you buy an established business, which is a franchise that would have great brand recognition, you are foregoing great locations because the early guys got yeah. all the great locations. Right. Yeah. So therefore, do you, then the next question is, do you want an emerging brand because you like good location? Well, then you're not going to have brand recognition, right? So which mm -hmm. one do you want? You don't yeah. get to have both, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that's just an example. And, and is, it, is it better to, I'm thinking, I mean, say, say, say I wanted to set up a, a pest control business. Um, and uh, is it better to join a franchise and buy into a franchise or to just set one up? Because without without the franchise costs, I love that question, and and um, this is my goal for anybody that I work with. My goal is to allow you to determine: Are you an employee? You don't have the risk tolerance to step out there and start a business, or are on the other side of the spectrum? Are you an entrepreneur, or in the middle, a franchise owner? So, what yeah. do I mean by that? Right. An employee is somebody that just realizes through the educational process that I'm going to walk you through that you don't have the risk tolerance to step out there and put your money on the line and decide that you're not you're going to work really hard for over a year and not make any money. That's what we do if we start a business, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, if you go through the entire learning process of what the franchise cost and what the fee structure is and what the with all of the support and the business model that you're buying into, and you can't, your reaction is, yeah, it's kind of expensive, or I don't like that the franchisor tells me what to do all the time, or that's awesome. That means that you're an entrepreneur. Go start a business. Like, really don't buy a franchise. The franchisee is the person that, that doesn't need to build their own website and pick the colors of their logo and understand, you know, like have their thumbprint on every aspect of the business. They want a business that works and they want to step in and they want the predictability of a business that I can go in, execute a game plan, and I have some semblance of a predictable outcome. Yeah. So one of the things that I share with folks in the in the educational process is I want you asking at least five to seven, five to 10 franchise owners, not the franchisor, but the actual owners, when did your business get to cash flow positive? Yeah. How many months did it take you to go from I opened the doors till the business was actually making money, right? So we have this whole business budget conversation. A franchisor will tell you what does it cost to open a business, a Subway, a Chick-fil-A, whatever, item seven of an FDD. 
What I tell my candidates is, I don't believe that anybody wants to open a subway. They want a subway that makes money. Mm. And those are two separate things. Opening a subway and having a subway that makes money is, those are two different time periods and, and two different budgets, right? You need to add working capital. And the working capital that the franchisor plugs into their item seven is a plug number that the government decides, the U.S. government, Federal Trade Commission, regulates that they give three months worth of working capital. That does not mean that business model breaks even in three months. Mm. It's not. So you have to figure out, because every business model breaks even differently. The massage business, a franchise my wife and I bought, built, and sold, that business naturally breaks even in 12 to 18 months. Fitness and food breaks even quickly. Um, I'm currently invested in a pet franchise where high-end dog food and grooming and things like that. That business breaks even, you know, kind of in between, right? So um, you need to clearly understand and connect the dots between the initial investment, also the working capital to get beyond break-even, and th that creates your initial investment, not necessarily what the franchise is telling you. But so you just have to put a couple of pieces together. Mm. And, and sometimes when people learn all of this stuff, they lose the risk tolerance. Some people get excited about the progression and the unlimited income, et cetera. So getting back to the ideal candidate, um, you know, it kind of fleshes themselves out throughout the process. Some yeah. people are employees, some people are entrepreneurs, and some people are franchise owners. Yeah, great. Well, thank you, thank you for all of that. Makes makes a lot of sense. Very helpful. So we've got a bit of a sense now of you know the different options and opportunities that we have. Are we an employee, an entrepreneur, or are we going to own the franchise only when investor in them? Um, and also, I think we've importantly been talking about actually how, what, you know, what we should be looking at. Should we be looking at um, the big the big brand or should we be looking at ones that make money? And when are they going to generate cash flow? And talking to lots of people who are in that sector to, to, to discover that information. So very, very prudent. I imagine here, if you're doing this without someone like your advice, David, that you could actually end up um, possibly spending quite a, bit, a lot of money and quite a bit of time in a business that um, doesn't generate generate the return that you hope for as quick as you need it. I imagine you've probably got some examples of people making a right mess of this. I, I've i been doing this for a long time and, and some people are wildly successful and some people yeah. just frankly aren't. In the franchise world and in the entrepreneurial world, right? Yeah. Um, so it's it's business isn't easy, but it's when it when you get beyond that that cash flow break even and you accelerate growth, there's nothing like it. It is absolutely intoxicating to be in control of your freedom and control of your destiny and yeah. doing what's important to you and your family and your kids and spending time the way that you want to spend it. It's it's pretty awesome. Fantastic. Well, we're going to talk more after the break and um, learn a little bit more. And we'll also find out. Uh, what tips uh, David might have uh, when it comes to um, being a, a successful entrepreneur too, I think, would be great. Let's come back um, again in just a couple of minutes. Do join us after the break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash VoiceAmerica. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. tuned into the business elevation show with your host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk that's chris at chriscooper.co.uk now back to chris cooper hi this is chris cooper i'm with david weaver we're talking about franchising and um, i'm getting a sense that uh, franchising could be a great way to to um, achieve financial freedom and uh, could be a really good move, providing you've got uh, some good advice to help you along the way. Now, David, when it comes to franchising, let's talk about advice, because I'm interested to know what advice you would have given yourself um, now that you have been a, a franchise uh, franchiser um, or owned, owned franchises that you maybe didn't know at the outset. Uh, Great question. I would say what I would tell my younger self is follow the the business model that you bought into. If you're going to spend money, and I give this advice to my candidates today because I learned a bit the hard way. um, If you're going to buy into a franchise and spend money on things like franchise fees and royalties, et cetera, Mm -hmm. very clearly understand what you're paying for before you make the decision to be a franchisee. Um, and and also what I what I learned is it's kind of hard to do all of the things that the franchisor wants you to do, right? So here's the advice. Execute 100% of the franchisor's playbook. Yeah. 
before you come up with a great idea of your own. Okay. Because what happens a lot, and before the break, we you you had kind of asked some some franchisees are successful and some aren't. The very successful franchisees absolutely innovate on top of the franchise model, but yeah. the successful ones do that after they've perfected and executed 100% of what the franchisor tells them to do, right? So it's it's think of it like you're doing 110, 120% effort like any high performing um, athlete or, or you know, music artist or whatever. Um, and what happens is franchise owners go through initial training and they open their location and they hire their first employees and they've done about 60 to 70% of what the franchisor wants them to do. And they're like, I got a better way of doing it. So they're like operating at 70% and innovating on top of poor execution and or uh, lack of understanding for what actually makes things work. Um, and we found ourselves doing that. My wife and I did that. We bought two locations developments. There were existing locations underperforming. We stepped into total train wreck um, and quickly fixed things. And because we were fixing broken business, we also inadvertently were not following the best practices because we were fixing a bunch of stuff that was already broken, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so about 18 months into it, my wife was, she was truly the one running the business. I was I was doing the consulting and, and I kind of was the stability in the back office and the financials, uh, but she was running the business, managing the employees, hiring people, getting things going, et cetera. Did a great job. She, she really did, did an awesome job. But about 18 months into it, she's frustrated. The franchisor doesn't do this. Very common. Very common. The franchisor is no good. And the other franchisees agree with me and lots of pointing fingers and whatever. So my mantra with her was focus on your four walls. What can you control? Don't try to run the franchisor's business. That's their business. Your business is within these four walls with your employees and your customers, et cetera. Um, that proved to be, and what parts of the business model are we not actually executing well? Yeah. Let's do an assessment of ourselves. Let's hold ourselves accountable, right? Um, unbelievable. First 12 months, not so much fun. Uh, the next 36 months was awesome. Um, we only owned the business for 48 months. We built them and sold them. Um, uh, it was a great investment from that perspective, <laughs> Um, the last thing I'll say about that is pretty funny. My wife's, my father-in-law, my wife's father, we bought the elements. He says, what are you doing? I think I can get you out of this. What are you buying a franchise? You're crazy. This is the dumbest idea you've ever had. Four years later, she's like, hey, dad, we're selling the, we're selling the businesses. He's like, why would you sell the business? You don't even work. <sighs> um, you know, I've seen you. You don't even do anything. And that is... The, why I love franchising. So her father also owned uh, and, and built a very large business. So we both come from entrepreneurial backgrounds. But I love that story because um, my father-in-law is fabulous and, and strong opinion. And so, oh my goodness, you ruined your, you know, you ruined your career. What are you doing? Don't buy a franchise. It's a terrible idea. And then only four years later, he's like, why would you sell that thing? You're making money. And you yeah. Never 
like yeah. everybody's <laughs> so that is that is a great example of freedom like the the freedom that you can create and the time frame that it takes to create that freedom you have to build a business that pays you back yes yeah and you do it on the back of the system that the franchisor has provided for you to execute against because yeah. I guess there's a lot, often a lot of years of best practice that's gone into that system. Uh, one thing my mom told me is anything worthwhile takes hard work, and and you know the overnight success takes usually ten years to to create. So, you know, I think that in this Instagram world that we live in, um, the expectation is that you're going to be a CEO of your own company when you're 22. Uh, you know, I mean, come on, that's just not true. It's like it's like every kid playing baseball or football in high school thinks that they're going to be in the the major leagues or the NFL. That's not true. Very few people ever make it. And the same thing with business. Um, so I try to set a realistic expectation, share my own personal experience uh, so that people ultimately make an educated decision. I yeah. want them to know what they're getting into before they put any time, money or energy into that business mm. and who's your ideal client then um who's your ideal person to so i uh, really two characters i would say um about 70 percent of the folks that i work with are um transitioning in corporate america and they sort of they they find themselves in transition meaning they got fired or um they actively are trying to transition themselves out of corporate America. Um, and so that typically looks like director level and above. They're, they've are they managed people, they understand PL responsibility, they know how to hire and fire, et cetera. And they have some capital to, capital and more importantly, confidence that they could step into a business and make it happen. Mm. Um, the other 30% are successful entrepreneurs that want to diversify their portfolio and and really, they're focused on building um, a second-in-command, right? They know that they've got a second-in-command in the current business. And if they don't give that person a great opportunity, they're going to lose them. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty common. Oh, okay. uh, so, so people that want to build a second business because they know they can do it, why franchising for an entrepreneur? They recognize how difficult that early stage is. And they, they love the idea of leveraging somebody else's system. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, make, that makes an awful lot of sense. So when it comes to comes to franchising, um, is there a is there a book out there that you would recommend is a must read for people to understand this area a little bit better and give them some inspiration to to move forward? Yeah, I would say the very first book that I would read if I'm focused on starting a business or thinking that franchising is a good idea is the e-myth revisited by Michael Gerber. Um, That's kind of the, the foundational book, I think, in my opinion about franchising, because it talks about building systems so that you can own the business and the business doesn't own you. And, and that really is, is kind of the foundation of why a franchise. So I like the e-myth is kind of your starting point. I've got a whole bunch of other books that I send to all of my placements, the ones that become business owners that that touch on different aspects of growing a business, but that's a good one, the email. Yeah, it's, it is a good one. I, I yeah, I, I one that bit that sticks out in my mind in there is the you know the story about um, you know a mechanic wanting to 
wanting to set up their own own business and then um and, and deciding they looked at the boss and see saw how much money he was making and they go and set up the business but what they really love is being a mechanic and they end up uh, spending less and less time being a mechanic and then eventually no time and they've got to learn about marketing and sales and finance and yeah they're sort of stuck stuck up in, stuck in my mind you've got to really understand uh, what it is you truly want that's right. That's right. <laughs> and if you want to be a mechanic, that you be a be a small business owner and and just recognize what that looks like. Yeah. But owning a big business with multiple mechanics is not being a mechanic. Yeah, you're you're a manager. Absolutely. So, do you have a final message you'd like to leave us with? I the thing that I would want to say to your listeners that are listening because they like the idea of owning a business and haven't thought about it, or it's something I'll do once my kids get to be in high school or move off to college or whatever is don't wait. Um, I waited too long to, to actually do my own thing. Uh, you know, I worked for dad in the family business and, and I, um, I was in the finance space I was ready to start a business before I went to the finance space. So, you know, every every experience in your life kind of shapes where you go. And I absolutely love the franchise space and it, it allows a lot of flexibility. But start a business. Um, start taking the steps today to put yourself in a position um, to buy a business. And whether you're buying an existing business, starting a business on your own, I don't care entrepreneurship and business ownership is where freedom and flexibility lives. And if that's important to you, start, start doing it. Don't wait. Don't think there's a perfect time. Um, start saving some money. You're going to need some, some cash to get through that startup phase. Um, reach out to somebody like myself or, you know, any, anybody that owns a business, start talking to more business owners. Um, they look at the world differently than employees. They just do. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would say start today, don't wait. Well, thank, thank you. It's been a great conversation today. And I think illuminating, I think it, you know, it, it buying a business is a great route towards freedom if you do it right and you've got the right advisors and people along your way. So um, if you want to find out more about David, do go to www.franchiseyourfreedom.com. That's franchiseyourfreedom.com. Uh, and uh, clearly he's, he's an absolute wealth of, knowledge wisdom and insight to help you through that journey um so on next week's show we're gonna um, i'm i'm actually off next week so, so i'm gonna repeat a show if you've not listened to it with um uh, jeffrey s buchanan who was a three-star u.s army general who looked after seventy thousand troops and he looked after all of the um f five major hurricane um issues for the u.s army and one he had 76 helicopters at his disposal and he also looked after the military in washington so knew the last two presidents well so it was an illuminating interview with with jeff reese i'm going to repeat that next week and the following week uh, will be my 500th uh, unique episode so a few of my past guests are going to interview me around uh, some of the knowledge and then the ideas and thoughts i've picked up from 500 shows over the last 11 and a half years we've had a lot more than that i repeat some when i'm having holidays but there's 500 unique ones so um please do listen to that one and uh, thank you for um your attention your support i love hearing from you by the way when i get messages it always uh, it tend, you know tends to give me a real kind of lift and i love to hear what would be helpful to you to enable you to elevate your business and elevate your thinking and contribute to a positive world world my name is chris cooper chris at chriscooper.co.uk if you want to reach out 
Uh, and uh, for David, um, check out franchisefreedom.com. Take care, everybody. We thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.